0: Hello everybody and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series we're doing called Staying Present in the Presence. And in this series we're looking through the Gospel of Luke, Um, we're looking at encounters that Jesus has with people and situations trying to learn from him because he is our model for life and ministry about staying present in the presence of God. In our last series, we talked about connecting with God, uh, developing disciples' hearts, how important that was. And now we're, we're looking at how Jesus lived this out uh, in order to see how we can stay connected and present in the presence of God throughout the day. Um, we're using the Gospel of Luke because Luke really um, touches on the humanity of Jesus, Jesus fully God and fully man but Luke gives us a lot of insight into the ministry under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had. And we also see in Luke that he takes a lot of time to go and uh, to get by himself, Jesus does, and he get connected with God so that he can do the things that he needs to do um, in uh, his ministry here. And so we, uh, we started really in Luke three, we talked about the baptism of Jesus, And uh, we said in that that message, it's the importance of knowing that Jesus lived and died and lives for us. And we talked about the Holy Spirit filling us and leading us and guiding us. We talked about God's timing and plans being better than our own and that we can trust him. We looked at the tempting of Jesus in the wilderness the following week. We talked about the importance of spending time in the word of God, being able to recognize the tricks and traps of the evil one and how Jesus will help us to avoid and, uh, and overcome them. Uh, then we talked about knowing who Jesus is, knowing his mission statement, knowing that his mission was for me and for you, and uh, that we needed to remember that the heart of what we're called to as a part of his story is to be a people who recognize and embrace our own brokenness and then get healed enough in Jesus to help other people recognize and embrace their brokenness. And get healed enough in Jesus that they can help other people recognize and embrace their brokenness and on and on it goes. Last week we talked about uh, uh, Jesus and his, uh, how he encounters Peter and uh, how he encourages Peter and calls Peter to become a fisher of men. Um, and uh, we talked about what that looks like. I asked you the big question last week, are you a speck or a plank person? And I uh, asked you to consider that this week as you were thinking. and. We then talked about the importance of seeing with God's perspective. So that's what we've covered so far, all very important stuff and staying present in the presence, all available back uh, if you want to go on the internet and watch any of them, if you missed any of them. Uh, Today, we're going to continue on in Luke 5. We started in Luke 5 last week, and uh, we're going to look at three separate encounters today, and uh, we're going to watch Jesus interact with people and situations in these encounters to see what we can learn about staying present in the presence. Before we do, though... I like to do something a little different, as you know. And uh, I got a little story for you, and uh, you'll you'll hate it, and so I'm very excited about telling you this story. There's this pastor, and uh, he's really stressed out because he needs to ask for more money for repairs to the church roof. And uh, so he's already stressed about having to ask, and then his stress builds even more when he walks in on Sunday morning to find out that the worship leader's out, and there's gonna be a substitute worship leader that morning. And he looks at the substitute, and in his stress, he just looks and he says, you know what, you need to think of something to play when I ask these people for money, and then he just walks off. The pastor's really stressed. You've got to get that. And so at the end of the sermon, uh, you know, it, it, it comes time for the offertory, and uh, the pastor's out there, and he says, listen, friends, I, I hate to do this, but we still need thousands of dollars for the repairs on the roof, and I'm going to ask today that if you're able to pledge at least $100, would you please stand as we sing this next song. And then the, the pastor nods at the substitute worship leader who nods back and begins to play the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> and that is how the substitute worship leader became the full-time worship leader as well. Okay, please explain that to anyone that didn't get it. Star Spangled Banner, National Anthem, everybody just stand up. We all, okay, never mind. See, thank you. Whew. Romans 5, the scripture reading, placed here on purpose after the story. Verses 1 and 2 out of the message paraphrase. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he's already thrown open his doors to us we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I like that paraphrase, the message paraphrase in those verses, and to me it's a picture of, of staying present in the present, standing tall in God's grace and glory and shouting out His praise. So three encounters we're going to look at today and three things we're going to talk about in that process. The first part in your notes, their first point is this, that God cares about you. I I think we all have uh, some concept of that, but I want to make sure it goes even deeper into the depth of his concern and his heart for each one of us. Luke 5, 12 through 16. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy and when he saw Jesus he fell with his face to the ground and begged him Lord if you are willing you can make me clean Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man I am willing he said be clean and immediately the leprosy left him then Jesus ordered him don't tell anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him And be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, Jesus' response here to the leper paints a picture of the heart of God for people. While the religious leaders of the day considered lepers as outcasts and wouldn't have anything to do with them, particularly would have never reached out and touched them in any way, Jesus reaches out touches the man, and he's healed. This is a picture of, of the message of the kingdom of God that Jesus would bringing. Relationship with God had been reduced by the religious community of the day to a set of rules and regulations. Jesus came on the scene to let people know that God loves them, cares about them, and was available to them. And he's still on the scene today and as we stay present in his presence we can experience his amazing love and concern and care for us now and forever his ever presence his movement into our lives his concern for us that he's with us that he's for us see these are the things that we can know because of jesus and what he showed us, and the picture of God's heart that he gave us. And we see in those verses too how Jesus spent time connecting with his father by taking time, withdrawing to pray, getting connected, and then moving throughout his day in, in the, the, the leading of the spirit of God as he went. But what a great picture to me that encounter is. You know, the, the leper's of the day were not allowed anywhere near the established religious community no matter what they believed or what they thought they wouldn't let them in the temple they had they were unclean they had to stay outside everything about them had to stay outside Um, and, and when they use the word there in the bible it's not just the disease leprosy it was any sort of skin condition got you kicked out anything that anybody might think was a little off and you were outside it didn't matter about anything else just that and they wouldn't, and they, the idea was that if you had that condition, it was because there was some sort of sin in you, and so whoop, they're going to keep you out of the whole deal. And here's Jesus. So this is what I love about Jesus. He just continually does things you wouldn't expect. The holiest person that ever walked the earth. When the man with leprosy comes and says, Will you, if you could, if you're willing, you could do it. And he says, I'm willing. And then doesn't just say be healed, touch it. there's something in the connection you need to see that he actually touches a guy. There's something in that that speaks volumes about the love of God. See, sometimes we think, oh yeah, okay, God loves us and we we sort of get the idea. But see, we we sometimes hold this little thing apart because deep down we know we're kind of a mess. You know, I know he loves me, but I'm, God just reached in to this man and touched him and healed him because he cared for him. And he was showing the world, that God cares for people. It's not all rules and regulations. God has a concern for people. He loves people. And Jesus would go out of his way to undo everything and to turn everything upside down so that people could figure that out. So that happens in the first encounter in Luke. The second thing I want to talk about is, and point to is this, is the focus on the Eternal. The focus on the eternal in our last series and in the series before that I talked about this a lot are, are we focused on the temporary or the eternal are, are we more concerned about the things of man or the things of God and that it's it's pretty normal for us to be more focused on the things of men because that's what's more real to us but what's more important to us are the things of God and we have to learn to change our focus and, and because we will drift without being aware of it, if we're not staying present in the presence of God, we will slip back quickly to our focus being on temporary things. And it can happen just like that. That's how it usually happens to me. I'll get going, I'll get connected really well with God. One thing will pop up, and I've forgotten all about that, and I'm right in the hearty, fleshy, messy part of this other deal. Maybe nobody else happened, but it can happen to me like that. And I'm, oh, no, see, that's, I got to remember where the battle really lies. I need to remember what matters. I, I need to get my focus on, on the things that are eternal instead of just on the temporary. Do you know that feeling how you can just have the whole, it's like you're the, the, the wind is knocked out of you just, and all of a sudden, you ever have that feeling you're doing really good, and the next second, it's like a second, all of a sudden, you're all freaked out. Everything seems not good, and there's this uneasiness inside you, it fascinates me. At some level, if I can step back and look at how quickly that can happen. But as my focus shifted, all of a sudden, my, my, my focus went from the eternal to the temporary. And see, it doesn't mean that I don't have to live in the temporary. I do. I live in a temporal world. I get that. But my, it doesn't need to be my focus. If my focus is on him, then he helps me through the temporal stuff. That's the promise that we look at in Matthew 6:33. 33. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. Our eyes on him and he takes care of the stuff that tends to overwhelm us and, and capture our focus. But look at this story, Luke 5:17 through 26. One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat, some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Now, this is another amazing encounter, and and there's a few things I really want to make sure you you pick up in this verse. Um, The first one is this, in verse 20, Jesus responds based on the faith of the friends. I want to make sure that you see that. Um, it was the friends who brought this guy to Jesus. And, and it was because they thought, they were convinced, they believed that if they could get their friend to Jesus, that Jesus could make him well. To the extent where when you read some of the other um, gospels, the story looks like they actually took up on the roof, they dug a hole in the roof to layer down this guy on the mat so that they could get him to Jesus. I always think that that wouldn't go over real well in my house. I don't know about your house, but I have an idea that my wife would go, really? <laughs> look, I'm all in, but they just put a hole in the roof. <laughs> Jesus, look, in, while you're busy, I know you're healing all these folks, but could you heal the roof, please? Because now there's a big hole. But this was the, a picture of their desire to get their friend to Jesus. The crowd was too intense. They couldn't get him anyway, so they went to these great lengths. And in seeing that, Jesus prayed for this man, let we'll me talk about that more in a moment. But I want you to see that because I want you to be encouraged to continue to pray for your family and your friends and your coworkers and your community and the things of God and revival and all those neat things that need to happen. That you continue to pray because it makes a difference. It makes a difference, and you continue to lift those things up before the Lord. So, um, another thing that that I want you to see and uh, uh, this has this whole eternal temporary sort of aspect to think about a little bit. Um, that salvation is better than healing. When, when Jesus forgave the man his sins, he gave him the best deal right there. That was the best thing. That was the absolute best. Forgiveness of sins, which means he was made right again with God. Because no sin, then you can be in the presence of God. So that's what he did first. In seeing and responding to this guy's friends, he said, okay, your sins are forgiven. Now, the Pharisees and the established religious community they didn 't care they didn 't care for that at all uh, and and so Jesus sees that, and he 's going to move on them as well but But I want you to see this and, and kind of connect in this. Um, everyone who is saved is ultimately healed that 's why it 's a better deal. salvation is better than healed. Everyone who is saved is ultimately healed. It may not be the way you want, or in this particular time span that we have here the way you want but when you get to be with Jesus you are completely healed and made new everything is good everyone who's saved is ultimately healed sometimes we go through difficult things here and and things start to happen that we don't care for but you need to know in Christ if you've come to Christ and he's your Lord and Savior you everyone is ultimately healed that's that's in him now that tension to me is this whole eternal temporary tension that's hard to live in because we're motivated more by what we can see and feel and hear and taste because those things seem more real to to us and therefore more important but eternal life is better by far. Eternal life is better by far. The eternal things are better than the temporary in every case. And the reaction of the established religious community is, is fascinating as well. Because um, unlike everybody else that's hanging out, they are not overjoyed at the miracles taking place. And they keep getting stuck at the points where they disagree with Jesus. That's where they get stuck. With what Jesus is doing, they get stuck because they've got God in one sort of box and they can't get past it when he operates outside the box. And, And that problem happens today to so many of us we get God in one theological box and then we can't see him when he's doing things outside the box and I promise you you don't have a box big enough to get God in you might have some ideas that are pretty sound and that's okay and it's good to have some theology but you need to be open in your connection with God to the fact that he's always doing things outside the box Jesus always did what people didn't expect him to do always they would go to him expecting to do one thing and he would almost always on purpose do the other just so that they couldn't, couldn't sort of get him plugged into this little box. And this, this sort of thinking that all, God always does this and never does this can cause you to miss God pretty regularly. And so this is another reason why we need to stay present in the presence of God so that we can see what he's doing and see what he's up to and not miss him when he's doing things that might be a little bit outside our box. Because he operates outside there all the time. Your box just isn't big enough. It's just not. I, gotta, I, have, I try and have a pretty big box and he's always doing stuff I don't expect. It's just the way he is. And yet, you know, we, we're going to come against that all the time with people who've got pretty small boxes <laughs> and they just don't like what, what's going on and so they miss. See, that's the sad part to me is they miss what God's doing. They're so convinced that can't be God that they miss God. When they, they ought to go, is it, I mean, really, the question just has to be, is it God? And, you know, is it, if, it's, if it's good and, Doesn't go against the word, has some good effect. We need to be careful. I also like this part too in that verse. I don't know if you caught it. But Jesus actually calls them out on what they're thinking. How cool is that? Because they don't say this stuff, they're just thinking it. And Jesus looks at them and says, why are you thinking those things in your heart? Don't you think that had to undo them a little bit? I mean, have you ever been sitting there thinking about something pretty hard and not saying it? And could you imagine if somebody called you on it? Hey, why are you thinking that? And know exactly what they were thinking? And, but that's Jesus. And they were like, uh, well, there you go. Because, and see, the, the whole point is true. They were right. Only God can forgive sins. Guess what was going on? God was forgiving sins. Jesus, fully God, fully man, was there in their midst. Third point. This is a big point. There is joy in the presence of God. There's joy in the presence of God. Luke 5, 27 through 35. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi uh, sitting at his tax booth. "'Follow me,' Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the leaders of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, "'Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners?' Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. And Jesus answered, can you make the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and in those days they will fast. Now I like this, and again, just to make sure you see the heatedness of what's going on, Um, In Jesus' day, the the established religious community had broken people into two categories, sinners and tax collectors. So the tax collectors, it wasn't bad enough that they were sinners, they were tax collectors. They were the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst, and throughout history, the established religious community always has somebody that's their tax collectors of the day. It just changes from generation to generation. At this point in time, it's tax collectors. They're absolutely the worst. Much better to have a murderer to your house than a tax collector. Much better, in their eyes. Tax collectors weren't allowed anywhere near the synagogues. It didn't matter what they believed. Again, they treated like outcasts, just like the lepers. Just no, we'll have nothing to do. You wouldn't talk to them. We'll be seen with them. You wouldn't have them come to your house because they were considered traitors and the worst of the worst. Now here's Jesus, who's just called one to be one of his disciples, which is significant. And he's gone to the house where there's a whole bunch of them in attendance. Can you imagine the established religious community going? (laughs) But here's what I love. They're reacting to something that they don't like. And you know what it is they really don't like? The people that were following Jesus experienced joy. And joy was not something that worked into their whole rule and regulation philosophy and theology of life. And they're thinking life with God was about following rules and regulations, not about joy. And unfortunately, this is still a prevailing religious attitude today, that that the, the, the people who should be filled with joy because they're in relationship with the God who created everything are often very mean, not kind, not happy people, and they're so hard trying to get it you know all the rules and everything down that there's no room to experience joy and that's the exact opposite of what ought to be happening when you're in Christ um the ta- see Jesus was there eating and drinking with with tax collectors and sinners it was a it was a picture of them getting together and having dinner together and having fellowship together and that picture of table fellowship with what's going on um, is a picture of eternity It's all about being with and relating to God in a very personal way. And it's this idea of table fellowship that God brings, that that we have here when we always have meals together. People ask me all the time, why do you have meals? Why do you have meals? Why do you have meals? And, well, we like to eat. That's certainly one thing. Um, But see, there's there's a bigger picture going on. It's a picture of fellowship with God that's hard to um, demonstrate in any other way. There's something about people getting together in the presence of God and sharing a meal that's a picture of eternity. That's what we're going to be doing with God a lot, forever and ever. We're going to be hanging out with one another in his presence, enjoying table fellowship. And, And everybody that loves Christ is invited. That's the deal. And it doesn't matter what the established religious community thinks. The only thing is that they love Jesus. That's the whole deal. These tax collectors are responding to Jesus in love, and they were welcome at the table along with the lepers and along with everybody else that just said Jesus you're it I'm going to follow you see that's what life comes into and when you're walking with Jesus and staying present in the presence of God you should be experiencing a measure of joy in your life you shouldn't have to fake it or work it up or put on a a funny smile on your face there should be deep down inside something that, that carries you through Now, I don't mean um, that you'll never experience difficulty. That's not what I'm talking about. We live in a fallen world on a broken planet. You've heard me say that. There are difficult things that we endure. But knowing, just knowing that he's always gonna be with us and for us forever, no matter what, and that around the corner comes eternal life with him where we sit at the table with him forever and ever should always have inside you a measure of joy. It should always be around that you can go, yeah, this is really bad and really sad and we we deal with hard things we were talking today about hard things that we've dealt with and people that have gone on to be with the Lord and yet knowing that they're with him at the table where we long to be allows us to measure to hold on to a measure of joy so so if you're not experiencing some joy in your life as a believer there's something not right there's just something that's not right we should be the absolute most joyful people in the world not pretend not fake because that's even worse but just this settledness that comes from knowing that he's with us and for us now and forever. And so I want you to think about those things um, this week. Um, Know deep in your soul that God's got you and that he's with you and for you now and forever. That in his presence, we can know that he cares for us, that we need to keep our focus on him and and, uh, on his kingdom. And that as we do, we will experience in some measure his joy in our lives. And those are all parts of staying present in the presence. And that's where we'll end for today. Uh, If you're watching on video or on television, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We appreciate it. We know how valuable your time is. But uh, we're gonna close this day uh, in prayer here in just a moment. If you need anything, you can email us. And uh, we would certainly pray for you. And we'll see you next time.